This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 12, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. President Obama called Afghanistan the good war. Now a bipartisan group of lawmakers want to bring it to a close much faster than the president does. After 11 years, hundreds of billions of dollars, thousands of American lives, and still no clear endgame, our military continues to attempt to bring security and prosperity to a country that has rarely had either in many hundreds of years. Malou Innocent, a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute, comments. Several members of Congress, Republicans and Democrats alike, are working toward quickening our exit from Afghanistan. What is inspiring them to do so in recent months? Well, this is a deeply unpopular conflict. The United States has spent over $500 billion over the past 11 years with no appreciable, enduring, long-term benefit for the Afghan, Afghan people. And when you look at really sort of U.S. and NATO presence on the ground, you know, we've been sort of tripling the number of U.S. forces. We've increased the number of, of airstrikes, drone strikes, nighttime raids. And when we have captured a number of Taliban operatives, a number of shadow governors, mid-level commanders, weapons facilitators, the Taliban still have an upper hand. In fact, just uh, in January, the NATO came out uh, with a classified report that found that the Taliban's strength and motivation still remains intact. And that was also buttressed by findings by the heads of the Senate and House committees, intelligence committees, that found that the Taliban is stronger today than it was before the surge. So despite all of the increase in terms of our funding, uh, military resources, uh, the war still remains uh, problematic and really unwinnable. President Obama cast this as the good war when he was running uh, for president. He advertised that he would be exiting uh, U.S. forces from Iraq more quickly in order to focus on Afghanistan, and he certainly did do that. He tripled the number of troops there. Uh, And he also has changed his rhetoric a great deal from the beginning of his presidency. And it seems like he's put himself in a place that's very difficult to get out of in terms of fighting both al-Qaeda and the popular term extremist allies, which pretty much includes anybody in that region that he wants it to include. Right, right. And I think, you know, many Americans understand that this was the right war. It was a justified intervention in 2001. I think the problem that many Americans had is that we went into the region, we plunged, and then we dwelled for 11 years, and now it's become a nation-building campaign. So it's gone beyond simply deterring, dismantling, and defeating al-Qaeda. Now we've been told that we must create a stable, functioning democracy in the middle of Central Asia. And that is a deep disconnect from what many Americans feel is in our national interest, and it certainly isn't in our strategic, vital interest to create a flourishing democracy in Afghanistan, especially where it doesn't exist. We have uh, the Karzai regime that is incredibly corrupt. And in fact, according to Transparency International, behind Somalia and North Korea, it is the most corrupt regime in the world. And this is as, you know, Americans are coming out of the worst financial recession in a generation, um, as we're spending billions of dollars to back up Afghanistan's 1%. You know, many Americans are, again, scratching their heads in terms of why are we spending $2 billion a week on this conflict with, again, no appreciable benefit. Uh, Major General Peter Fuller, Deputy Commander of the NATO Training Mission Afghanistan uh, and responsible for training Afghan security forces. He was fired on November 4th uh, for being critical of the current strategy. He said, uh, you've got to be kidding me. This is what he said to Politico. I'm sorry, we just gave you, meaning Hamid Karzai, $11.6 billion, and now you're telling me I don't really care. They don't understand the sacrifices that America is making to provide for their security. This is from USA Today. Uh, the Afghan people are an honorable people. This is Marine General uh, John Allen responding. Uh, and comments like that will not keep us from accomplishing our critical and shared mission, bringing about a stable, peaceful, and prosperous 
Afghanistan. When has that been the case? <laughs> yes, I mean, well, the 2001 bond agreement uh, wanted to create national reconciliation, uh, enduring peace in Afghanistan, stability, human rights, equality for men and women. Uh, these are things that have not really been historically viable, at least in terms of external forces bringing that about. I think the most stable history, uh, you know, period in Afghan history was under an indigenous monarchy under King Zahir Shah. But that was something that, again, was not externally backed. It wasn't something that was forced imposed. And I think you can understand from any country, um, if you're trying to impose something from the top down, you're going to have locals dig in their heels, especially when you're talking about very personal issues such as women's rights or equality or forced social and economic equality. These are things that go to the heart of any people or any civilization, let alone Afghans that have been, you know, a very insular part of the world for, for generations. U.S. troops in Afghanistan have undertaken some pretty horrific things. And to some extent, that's understandable. It's not forgivable necessarily, but it's definitely understandable that a group of people uh, who are occupiers, you're dealing with a country uh, full of people who are increasingly skeptical of your presence, and these are the people you're effectively fighting for. Mm -hmm. They're skeptical of the fact that you're essentially fighting for a stable central government in Kabul that many people in Afghanistan simply don't have regard for. Absolutely. I think the central government in Kabul not only is considered to be in incredibly corrupt, but also a foreign entity in many areas where we put in the Afghan police. The Afghan police are from the north. They speak, uh, they don't speak Pashto, which is the local language. They usually speak Dari. Um, they're considered to sort of be uh, foreign forces and backed by foreign powers, by foreign occupiers. And then with, given the string of recent incidents, not only just uh, the recent uh, sort of the incidental burning of Qurans, but also the video footage of um, Marines urinating on the corpses of alleged Taliban uh, commanders and insurgents. Also, the um, the photos of U.S. soldiers posing with the mangled corpses of insurgents. Um, these are sort of, oh, and also, lest I forget, uh, the U.S. Army sergeant who was charged or alleged to have killed 17 Afghan civilians. Uh, these incidents sort of bring to light uh, the very d cultural disconnect, and it sort of makes it appear as if we don't care about the local people. And that plays right into the Taliban narrative that we are foreign occupiers who don't care about the local people or the local culture. Let's say President Obama and uh, House Republicans wake up tomorrow's born-again libertarians, we're still looking at a very long path to exit Afghanistan. Right. I mean, the Obama administration has claimed that we're sort of drawing down the number of U.S. forces there. But the recent U.S.-Afghan strategic partnership framework that was signed in April extends America's financial support to Afghanistan well beyond 2014, in fact, upwards to 2024, 2025. And this is something that the American people aren't really privy to, but it's something that people who are in the know understand that, you know, if we haven't been able to bring stability to Afghanistan over the past 11 years, sort of narrowing our objectives and de decreasing the number of troops certainly won't help that in the long term either. So this is just sort of a way to sort of stave off disaster, make it feel like we're not abandoning the Afghan people, but there really is going to be no appreciable difference in terms of the outcome. Um, it's really going to be a hydra-headed insurgency backed by Gulf powers and by Pakistan and also sort of a Western-backed regime in Kabul, and we're just going to be sort of seeing this, this fight for some time. Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of her work on Afghanistan and Pakistan at Cato.org.